Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand. Walking in the early dawn to climb up in my stand. Hunting off the farm. Welcome to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge. This is Wayne Locke. I am sitting here on the floor of the National Wild Turkey Federation Convention here in Nashville, Tennessee. We have a booth set up, uh, booth number 1255 this weekend, and I got the podcast table all set up, the microphone's ready to go, and what we're going to be doing is having some guests come in and share some stories with all of our listeners here about, oh, hopefully some hunts maybe with their kids or with uh, some uh, disabled children. I know we have uh, one guest that's already lined up that's going to be sharing a story about a hunt that we did together with a terminally ill child. I know you'll enjoy that, and along with some other stories this weekend. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. This is Wayne Locke, and I am broadcasting live from the NWTF show here in Nashville, Tennessee. And I have a special guest with me today, someone who I've known for a few years now, is a, a great friend, and a uh, got a, a heck of a story to share. I met Scott, oh, what was it, about uh, three or four years ago, correct, Scott? About four years about ago. About four years ago, yes. We did a hunt with a uh, gentleman, William, a young kid who has a uh, terminal illness, is in a wheelchair and he got his first buck with us uh and what what a great hunt that was but uh scott you, you do a lot with a lot of people and and you yourself have a personal uh story to tell about this go ahead yeah we ha we have a non non-profit organization called the hunt for hope that my son actually started six years ago uh, my son has a neuromuscular disease called charcot marie tooth that affects his his nerves which kill his muscles uh it really affects his arms and his hands and it's starting into his legs. Uh, I got him out hunting about six years ago on a friend's farm and we videotaped it. And the owner of the farm kept him watching the video over and over again and wanted us to do more with disabled kids to get them out in the outdoors. So that's how Hunt for Hope got started. And uh, thanks to my son, uh, we've been able to take over 30 kids now on deer and turkey hunts in Ohio. Oh, that is amazing. And it's not just Ohio that you've hunted, is it? No. My son has been very fortunate uh, through other organizations. He's hunted in about 10 or 12 different states and two different countries. We've been to Canada and South Africa uh, on hunts. Now, I've been watching, uh, following you on Facebook, and I know a lot of my friends do too, uh, that are with the you know Friends of American Roots Outdoors. And they uh, the hunt in South Africa, I mean, what a... A unique experience that had to be oh it was awesome if I had the money I'd jump back on a plane tomorrow morning and fly back we got over there uh, the lodge that we went with they were amazing um, over there you hunt off the back of a truck well with my son's disabilities he's not able to hold a gun up so we started off with a tripod that wasn't working because it couldn't swing left to right to get on the animals then we went to another we went through like four different versions or combinations of things before we finally found something that worked for him. And they were nothing but accommodating. I mean, the people, and, and we found this throughout all the travels we've been on. Um, they consider my son and the other kids with disabilities just another sportsman. They don't look at them as any other thing. 
they're just happy another person's enjoying the outdoors like they they enjoy right it's not about being treated different it's just about the fact that they're accommodating to make them feel uh, yeah and some of these some of the kids that we've taken and some of the or other organizations out there sometimes you have to get real creative and get you know special adaptive equipment to get these kids in the outdoors but to see the smile on these kids faces when they're able to harvest a, an animal maybe even for the first time it's the best thing you know it makes the whole trip makes the whole month even even the whole year right and, and what is it what has it done for your son you know you know it's got to be an emotional experience for him every time he goes out to be able to do something like this i think it's really helped his self-confidence to know that he can go out and still do this something that he still loves i think it really boosts his self-confidence and throughout doing this for the past six years he's kind of opened up he's now able to go up to a perfect stranger and start a conversation because he has been around so many different people you know with his experiences that he's not he's not timid he's not shy anymore he's right. he's able to you know be himself and and go out and and do stuff for other people right he's become more outgoing absolutely uh, that's great and he's sitting right here next to me and i know he wants to say at least hi all you gotta do is say hi here comes the microphone you're not going anywhere i'm tackling him folks here he is just say hi real quick to everybody hi how do you like hunting oh, i love it you been out turkey hunting yet yep you like being part of the nwtf oh yeah what, what do you like about turkey hunting? i don't know it's different it it's a small bird that can annoy the living crap out of you. <laughs> Boy, I think you about summed up every hunter right now <laughs> that is turkey hunting because that that statement applies to everybody who's ever turkey hunted. You ain't kidding. He's, ain't he's kidding. actually he's just turning 16 at the end of the month, and last, last spring he was able to complete his Grand Slam. Wow. See, now I'm just, I'm, I've got my Osceola down. I've got my Eastern down, of course. But uh, I'm, Rio is the next thing I would like to go after. I definitely want, that's the next one on my list is a Rio. And I don't know where to go quite for that. I've got a couple ideas in mind, but um, I'm just going to work my way towards the West <laughs> one step at a time. So where, what was just, uh, where did he complete his Grand Slam at? Uh, the Eastern was in Pennsylvania. The Osceola was in Florida. And the Rio and the Merriam were in Nebraska and Kansas. Okay. You know, the Merriam, that actually may not be a bad one for me to go after next either. But they're a tough bird to hunt. They that are. open country in Kansas, man. Holy cow. You guys hunting out of a blind or? We were. Okay. Yeah. We were with uh, an outfitter out there, and uh, he had blinds set up with for Cooper. And fortunately, the birds read the script and came in, and, and Cooper was able to take three birds. Two Merriams and one Rio. See, folks, he's just showing off right now. That's all he's doing. He's sitting here with a – he's got his chest all puffed out, just like a turkey. He's like, yeah, it's nothing. I shot two Merriams and a, oh, a Rio. Why not? I'll throw that in there too. While I'm sitting over here in my chair crying because I'm lucky I can get an Eastern. <laughs> but uh, uh, I tell you what, Scott, thanks very much for stopping by the booth today, sharing a story with us. Uh, we appreciate everything you're doing with your, your organization and best wishes and luck to your son on all his future adventures and hunts because I know he's going to a lot more lined up, I'm sure, in the future here. We have a few lined up for this year, but thank you for having us and letting us come on and, and talk about Cooper and, and our organization. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Scott. And, again, everybody, we're broadcasting live from the NWTF show here in Nashville. 
And we look forward to our next guest, which I'm going to keep that as a surprise because we got somebody special coming on. Take it to a field across the creek up a big old hill. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge. This is Wayne Locke. We are broadcasting live from Nashville, Tennessee at the NWTF convention. I have a special guest in the booth here with us. We have Barb Terry from Ten Point Crossbows. How are you doing today, Barb? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad at all. How's the show going for you guys over there? It's going awesome. Everybody's loving the new crossbows, and it's, it's a great thing. Great. Great to hear. Hey, uh, just out of curiosity, so what do you do for uh, Ten Point? What's your position? What's your purpose there? Well, I do a lot of things, but um, I'm customer relations, training, and education, and trade show coordinator. And I go around and I do a whole lot of education uh, programs with um, youth and disabled youth and a lot of um, veterans and women in the outdoors program. So I've had a lot of experience with the uh, National Wild Turkey Federation and the Jake's programs and the women in the outdoors programs. Yeah, that Women in the Outdoors program is a great program. I've actually done quite a bit with them myself and guided a few lady hunters out for their first hunt and stuff. And uh, that is a program that is just seems it's taken off in the last three or four years. Oh, it has. See, when I started with Ten Point, I started as a pro staffer. And I actually worked almost strictly with Women in the Outdoors and the Jake's events, working with all the young kids and the women, and just educating as much as possible on crossbows, crossbow use, safe handling, and all of that. And then from there, I've taken it quite a bit further, working with special needs folks, handicapped folks, and a lot of different disabilities. Now, what is the advantage of using your 10-point crossbow if you're a disabled person? We're, we're the safest crossbows out there. And what I can do is I find out what the person's disabilities are, what their capabilities are, and then I work with different companies and either create special uh, adaptive equipment for them, you know, based on what I have, or I get a hold of another company and we go ahead and, you know, get something that's stock and actually adapt it to the crossbow. So, you know, in the case of somebody in a wheelchair that happens to be a quadriplegic, you know, can't squeeze a trigger, we actually have ways that that person can shoot a crossbow and we're never touching the bow or the trigger. Well, and speaking of that exact setup you're talking about, I had the, the, uh, the honor to do a hunt with you just a couple years ago for a uh, young man that was suffering from, uh, boy, the disease was, <laughs> it's a long name. It, but it's Duchenne muscular dystrophy. There you go. And, uh, you know, and he couldn't move very much at all, a couple fingers and that, and it was wheelchair bound, had to have a breathing apparatus and that on. And to see you guys set that up, and I got great footage of you of filming how you set him up, him doing the practice shots, and then getting him into the blind for his uh, his deer hunt and that. I mean, what a setup that was. That was awesome. Exactly. I had him in the back corner of a blind, and I had an other helper with me. And what we did was we set up a trigger activation system that uh, all this young man had to do is move a joystick. And when he moved that joystick, it would actually trigger that mechanism to cycle and push that trigger. So that mechanism completely cycled through there, it squeezed that trigger, fired the bow, 
and the young man got a very, very nice trophy. Oh, yeah, you can I believe uh, he it was a 32-point or 34-point, something like 30, that. 30-point buck in velvet. It yeah. was an absolute and beautiful boy, we buck. we got some great pictures of him uh, with that buck. And that. Now, there's a story behind that buck, though, right? Exactly. That's, that's what, that was his redemption buck. It, definitely a redemption buck. I had him on another hunt, and the hunt was a uh, hunt for hope, and that was for special needs and disabled kids only. And he was out there, and it was getting to be last light, and it was starting to rain. The weather was terrible, and uh, he ended up shooting a deer, and for whatever reason, we weren't able to recover it. Uh, you know, the rain washed blood away. We just weren't able to recover that deer. And, so that, and that happens to everybody. Every hunter has exactly. a story like that. And if they don't have a story, they probably ain't been hunting that long. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, with all that rain washing the blood away, you know, it, it makes everything all the harder. And the young man was upset. You know, he does have a terminal uh, illness. So when you have something like that and you're on your first and only deer hunt, you know, it's, it's uh, very disheartening for yes. somebody like that. But we were able to get him on that second hunt, and, you know, the stars aligned perfectly. We had absolutely terrible torrential downpours, then 10 minutes of nice weather. Torrential downpour, 10 minutes of nice weather. Yeah, I we, remember that because we had to take him over in between that break. When exactly. Because you could see the storm coming over. This was down in southern Ohio. We could see the storm coming over the, 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 uh, the top of the mountain. Coming, another one coming in, so we had to hurry up and load him on the uh, a flatbed trailer. Exactly. And we drove him over to where he was going to get him into the blind. And then as soon as he got in the blind, torrential downpour again. Exactly. And we're all thinking to ourselves, oh, no, here we go again. I know you had mentioned that it's like, please, not another day where it's going to rain and wash blood away. And it's like someone was looking out for him. Exactly. But that wasn't the bad part of that, that trip. If you remember correctly... It was about 90 degrees outside, oh, and yes. the humidity was just sky high. Hum humidity was 110. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we're sitting there just sweating bullets, and, you know, I'm trying to talk to him and, you know, let him know, you know, what should happen and what hopefully will happen and what we're going to do. And he looks at me and he says, quiet, deer. I'm like, excuse me? He said, deer. And there happens to be this 30-point buck that just came out of the blue and stood there. And it was just, wow, unbelievable. Now, when it came to shooting that buck, you know, I told you about the mechanism to fire the bow. I also had a second scope lined up next to the original scope. Right. And what we did was we're able to look through that second scope and we can aim the bow and move the bow. So we know where that arrow should be hitting on that deer. And we got that bow lined up. There was two of us working on that due to the conditions in the blind. And when I said squeeze, he just pushed that uh, joystick and it fired. The deer ran to his left and dropped about 40 yards away right there in a ditch. Right. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, and I was in the blind about 20 yards from you guys, filming from. We had two angles. We had a, I had, a, I had my cameraman in the blind with you guys, and then I was in another blind filming about 20 yards away. So it was really neat to get two different angles of it. And after he shot that, that buck ran right 10 yards in front of our blind, 
and then I know our blind kind of blocked him from seeing it fall over, but it tucked right into the woods, like you said, about 40 yards away and just fell right over. Exactly. And we didn't tell him that it fell right over. No. Because <laughs> we wanted to surprise him when he got out. Exactly. So, you know, he, it, it was a chore to get him out of that blind. I went to where the deer was. I had the easy job. I just had to walk over to where the deer was. You guys had to get him out of the blind. And that's a mechanized wheelchair, great big, heavy, heavy wheelchair. Yeah, it's not 20 pounds. <laughs> no, 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 very heavy wheelchair. And you guys had to get him out of that corn because we were tucked into a cornfield. Yep. You had to get him out of that corn and get him up the trail to be able to get onto the uh, path. Right, and anybody that knows farmland or, or tractor paths know what it's like after all that rain to exactly. try and get a wheelchair through it that weighs... 300 pounds, uh, not so easy. It was an absolute <laughs> mud bath. Yes. And um, we were able to get his hands on that deer and the smile he had on his face. Priceless. Absolutely priceless. He couldn't say a whole lot. You know, he was on that breathing machine. He had the mask over his face and everything. But, you know. Well, the it, eyes tell you so much. Exactly. You know, we'd take that, that mask off his face for just a couple quick seconds and the smile ear to ear it was yep. it was a hard thing to put that mask back on his face right that and smile it's one of those things you, that i know like you will i will and everybody that was with us will will take to our grave of just being an experience that is, you just can never forget exactly and you know 10 points gracious gracious enough to allow me to do all of these different types of events you know i go there and again i work on adapting every piece of equipment to everybody's individual disability. And that's a great point. Now, if people want to get a hold of you or find out more about 10-Point, where can they go to? They can go to our website at www.10pointcrossbows.com. Uh, we've got, uh, we're in the process of updating our website. It has a fresh new look, and uh, we're gonna be adding a lot more hunts and things like that that when I work with the kids okay. and, and, and the disabled folks. And, uh, and the wounded veterans, you know, that's a, another great segment, too, right. that I work with. Yeah, well, I'm, get, I'm a retiree myself, and, you know, I've got a bond with all these guys. Right, exactly. Well, that's, that's one thing I think I'm definitely going to have to bring you back again for is to talk about the wounded, you know, uh, veterans and stuff like that and what you have done for veterans. Exactly. Because without a doubt, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be doing what we're able to do today. Exactly. Are people able to look you up on your Facebook page and friend you that way, too, or do you? Uh, you can find me at Barb Terry on Facebook. There's a bunch of Barb Terrys out well, there. What I'll do is I'll tie the link to your Facebook you page go. right to our podcast so people can just scroll down, click exactly. on it, and take you right to you. Yep, and then uh, 10 Point Crossbow Technologies is also on there. You know, feel free to tag uh, 10 Point Crossbow Technologies for the podcast, too. Will do, will do. There you go, folks. Barb Terry from Ten Point Crossbows sharing another wonderful and uh, tear-jerking story about helping disabled children who are terminal illness living a dream and getting the buck of their life. Thanks a lot, Barb, for coming by. Thanks, Wayne, and you know I thank Alex too for you know having all of this available for everybody. We appreciate that. You guys have a good day, and uh, everybody listening to the podcast, I hope you're able to make it down to the show this year. If not, make sure you get down here next year. Check out Ten Point Crossbows, and be sure to stop by our booth and say hi. And my old pair of hunting boots Passed on down, planted deep in the ground Around your heart So you never gotta worry
but the wind.